Good morning, everybody. It is great to see you here for Easter. He's risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you for joining us wherever you are, whether in a watch room here in person or um, gathering with us online. It is nice to have a few people in the room for this Easter. Last year, I was all by myself. No, we won't go into that, but... Uh, this year, and you guys were, I was not by myself, you were with us the whole time, and um, you're with us, many of you, even today. So it is good to be in the house of the Lord and have you join us this Easter Sunday. Now, now we've been doing some reflecting in our two-part series here, talking about resurrection stories on, on how we watched television in the 80s and 90s. So young people, you're just going to have to take our word for it. Our TVs used to look like this. Okay, and, and, and the old silver crowns often had these large dials, and remember, it was like, dish, 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 dish. okay, and, and you really only got like three channels, and sometimes you messed with the UHF dial, right, and if all else fails, it wouldn't work with this one, but you hit it, right, and, and, and maybe you get some extra juice with it, but, but what Pastor John left out last week is another incredible technological advance, that happened more in my generation. He said, I grew up in the 90s. He said, I grew up in the 80s, the best generation of all, right? Or excuse me, decade of all. And, and in the 80s, we, we were introduced to this guy right here. Bang! The old forehead hi-fi stereo VHS player. Does anybody even know what that is anymore? Right? I mean, remember these? Remember? Look at that. Is that a relic or what? Fuji film, six hours. You could record something for six hours on this thing. And I'll tell you what, this, this altered my life. I'm telling you, because, because when this was introduced into the Heller home, I was able to put this thing in and record my Chicago Bulls. And I could watch Michael Jordan over and over and over. And it was the first time in my life I could watch something yesterday and then watch it again today? And if I was really careless and reckless, tomorrow. And I'd watch them over and over, and if anybody knew these things, when you wore these things out, if there were certain spots you kept rewinding to, it would get worn out and the picture would get all blurred. So there were times Jordan would go up for a shot and he'd be like, and I knew he would make it. But I could tell I've rewound it so many times. I mean, young people, you wouldn't believe this. We used to, on Friday, call each other. I'd call Becca and say, hey, make sure you get to Blockbuster and get a video for tonight. You know, and, and, and these things, these VHS tapes, I mean, when they got bad, we knew how to do it. There's a little button. There's a little button on the side. We flip that thing up, right? We tighten that thing up. I duct taped some of them. It didn't work very well just to try to keep watching some of these things. Oh, the great VHS tape and the battle to get a good image. And that's our goal with our resurrection two-part series is to make sure we get a good image, because so many people, especially on an Easter Sunday, can come and join us with a distorted image of Jesus. And, and, and a resurrection story is given to us. In fact, we see three in scripture outside of Jesus' resurrection for a reason. There's gotta be a reason we see him resurrecting people beyond just, wow, he can do that? We talked about it in the first part of our series. If you walked into a weight room and you see some guy clear 500 pounds, if he walks over to a 10-pound weight, you're not really worried if he's going to be able to handle it. Is this why Jesus showed himself as a resurrecting God? To show what he is capable of, so he is certainly capable of. 
whatever we ask or think. There's even more to that. I believe Jesus wants to make sure we know and have a very clear image of who he is, both yesterday, and that's why we read the recounts of scripture, today, and guess what? Tomorrow. He wants us to have a clear image, because if we don't, and we have a distorted image of who Jesus is, it can shipwreck a faith. And how many people have we witnessed, especially even in this year, who have distorted faith and distorted who Jesus was? You'd almost think that he's not capable of bringing restoration when you listen to some, even believers. You'd almost think that he's out of options. You'd almost think that things are too impossible for him. But since when has impossible ever stopped Jesus? It hasn't. And he wants us to have a clear view of him, not just yesterday, but today and tomorrow. You know, one of the things you used to have, I had a race car one. When you're done watching these, young people, what we had to do is we put them in these little boxes and we drop the lid down and say, be kind, rewind, right? Be kind, rewind. We rewind it, you know, and, and make sure it's all, all rewound. If I could rewind back to this date, it was February 2nd, 2020. It was Super Bowl Sunday, and I was giving out the Renew Vision on this stage to the church. We had a packed house that day. I mean, it was a lot of excitement in the place to talk about the, the three, four, or five-year vision for our church and it was all centered around the prefix re and the renew vision and what God wants to do. And I was talking about how much I love the re prefix, that God is a redeeming God, a restoring God, a regenerating God, a rebirthing God. He is a, every re I can think of that's positive comes from Jesus. And I was excited and I went back and watched that and I thought, man, he has no idea what's coming in a month. I actually felt bad for the guy as I was watching. Look how excited he is. That is great, that is great. But you know what? Throughout this year to this Easter, Hebrews 11.6 has really been an anchor verse for me. Do you have anchor verses? College students, when you're going through college, it's a great time to pick an anchor verse for your life. Maybe have several. I like to have an anchor verse for time seasons because we go through seasons in life. It's a great time because you're a little more reflective. If you're a high schooler and you're more mature than I was and you're already thinking through verses, praise God for you. But as you get into college, you gotta start making decisions in your life. You don't wanna sputter. And an anchor verse for this season of my life has been Hebrews 11.6. Do you know what it says? Is there anybody in here who would love to, we'd love to please Jesus? Now, now we know anything we do is because of his strength in us, but who wouldn't wanna make Jesus smile? I mean, I, I wanna please Jesus. I think that's why you came here today and joined us today. And that's the heart of Hebrews eleven six. It says this. Did you know this, guys? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must, two things. Do you know what they are? Believe that he exists, and watch this, and that he rewards those who seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to, believe, to, to please God. And if anyone wants to draw near and really know this Jesus and have not a distorted view, but a very clear view of Jesus, he's got to believe he exists. 
And he's got to believe he rewards those who show faith. Boy, I said, Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make wrong decisions, right decisions, whatever. But through this year, may I please you by living and walking faith. And there were times when my faith was small and Jesus needed to stir it up. There are times where I was uncomfortable. And I think we've all gone through these emotions, but I'm here today to talk about a Jesus who was the same then that he is today and that he will be tomorrow, amen? Because scripture tells me, although Chris changes, although you change, he doesn't. And I can rely on him. And I gotta have not a distorted view, but a clear view. And these resurrection stories, let's put the tape in, if you will, to Mark chapter 5, 21 through 43. We're going to put the tape in, and I want to see three channels we're going to watch, if you will. The first is the ruler, and we're going to see what his Jesus is like and see if it's distorted and needs some sharpening or fine-tuning. The second channel is going to be the woman. You're, you're going to see that there's a woman that comes into this story, and it's very interesting. And then, and then there's the messengers, now, you'll notice that this is a three-part homily in Mark 5. Let's just get technical for a little bit because our church loves that stuff. In Mark 5, you'll notice in the homily three things. So there's a sandwich in there, okay? Now, much like going to a Red Robin, getting a peppercorn burger or something, it's all about the insides, right, guys? I mean, right? I shouldn't say guys, girls, right? It's all about the insides. Well, with Mark, I want you to understand something. With him, he wants you to focus on this middle section, that's the meat, and build the theme off of that, okay? So, so, so pay attention to the ruler, but if you check out, check back in here, okay? And if you really check in here, go ahead and check out there, but I'll try to keep you on all three channels, all right? If you could stay focused and we can learn who this Jesus is, and I pray he's not a distortion, but he's an accurate picture. Heavenly Father, use this text, use this resurrection story, to clear up our view of who you are so that our faith can be strengthened and that you can be pleased by how we view you. For there's so many voices in our life trying to distort Jesus, that he's irrelevant, that he's a crutch, that he's just a teacher, that he's not capable of changing us. And we walk in here, many of us broken lives, many of us beat up lives. And if we look over the past year, even our whole life, we're kind of stumbling into this place because we maybe feel we should be here. And even our attitude isn't even fully here. I pray today will be a day of sharpening a life that came in here distorted and leaving fully focused on the God that Jesus is and we celebrate him this Easter morning. Three channels, Lord, three different views. May we get the correct view, amen. All right, here, channel one, the ruler. Now, when Jesus crossed again in the boat to the other side, we hear this language a lot in scripture, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. I want you to note that Mark often talks about this great crowd in our text today. 
He, he, he seems really interested in how big the crowd is. Now, now, many of us haven't been in a lot of big crowds. I can remember the last time being in the biggest crowd, um, scariest crowd probably was the Phillies parade in 2008. I went to that thing. Oh my word, I wasn't sure I should be there, okay? There were so many people and you literally were walking like, you're walking like tight. There was a great crowd and they're following Jesus. He's in the height of his ministry and, and, and when something happened. I told you there was a ruler on this channel. Then one of the rulers of the synagogue, okay? A Jewish synagogue, his name is Jarius. Pretty cool name. And, and seeing him, he fell at his feet. Now Jarius, if he's a ruler of a synagogue, he takes care of the synagogue, he would be like a lay leader. He'd be an influential person. He wouldn't necessarily be a priest, but definitely somebody who knows something about Jesus. So let's see how he views him. But I notice here, he sees Jesus and he fell at his feet. He comes up and he falls at his feet. Now, when's the last time you fell at someone's feet? I'm thinking through my life going, never? I mean, there was a couple times I probably fell on my feet and begged my mom for a transformer at the age of six or something. But I can't remember falling before my feet. So for a, for a grown man to fall before somebody, there must be some respect. There must be some um, um, belief in this person that they'll act. They seem to have some knowledge. It can't be a full distortion, I think. So, but, but what's going on for him to fall? And scripture tells us. And he implored him, that means begged, earnestly, that means almost to the point of sweat. Please, please. He said, what, what? My little daughter is at the point of death. Being in ministry this long, having to walk with families, having to bury their children. You're not supposed to bury your children. It's horrible, especially when they're young. You know, there's another account. If you're a little newer to church, there's four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these four accounts give us different views of what was going on, and certain stories are in each account. So from another account, we find out this little girl, you wonder how old she is? 12. We got a dad, and I've seen what this looks like. There is a feebleness to a father who is watching his 12-year-old die and he's down on the ground and there's a crowd everywhere there's a crowd everywhere but he's all alone have you ever felt that way have you ever run out of options dad is there something you can't fix mom is there something you can't fix and you know you can't fix it he comes and he falls down before Jesus and he says, Jesus, Jesus, come, come, come. You gotta come and lay her your hands on her so that she maybe be well. Maybe if you just touch her, Jesus, I'm gonna pull that TV up. I got an idea of what kind of faith this was. This was an able faith. Jarius' Jesus was able. Yeah, re is a suffix, a prefix, excuse me, but able is a suffix, right? He, he had a Jesus who was approachable. He just ran to him and fell before him. He had a Jesus that's capable. I know you can do it if you just come. And he had a Jesus that he believed was reliable or he wouldn't have come to him. You don't go to people you don't think you can count on. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Jesus is a rewarder of faith. Will he reward an able faith? I mean, do you have an approachable Jesus or is that just like, 
He's not that approach. Do you have a capable? Do you have a reliable? Will he reward that? Well, let's see what scripture says. It says Jesus went with him. I learned something already. When my view of Jesus is an able Jesus, it gets rewarded with his presence. I have found that as a father, my presence means a lot to my children. I didn't need to learn that, okay? But I've learned that. I've had my kids say, hey dad, how come you didn't get there till the second quarter? How come you knew I didn't come in till the second quarter? You were in the middle of the game. I saw you come in. In the middle of battle, they know where dad is. There's been times, especially when they were really little, where I'll say, I'll go with you, I'm going with you, and that would build their faith. Come on, I need another Chick-fil-A sauce, go ask for it. No, I'm not going up there, come on. All right, fine, I'll go. Can we have seven Chick-fil-A sauces? That's what it feels like anyway. And when a dad goes with somebody, there's power to that. And an able faith gets him to come because why? It relied on him. How do you know if you have a relying faith? How do you know if you're relying on Jesus? When's the last time you fell into his arms? You were out of options? I call it a fall away faith. What, what do I mean by that? Now, now I was a camp counselor in a, in a camp out in Halifax for a couple years when I was in my 20s. And one of the things we like to do is trust falls. Have you ever heard of these? A trust fall is this. You, you, the, there's a person who gets up on top of a platform. They cross their hands, okay? They line up behind them. And then they fall into a waiting group of people who have their arms or should have their arms locked and ready to catch them. Now, I have seen this not go well, okay? And, and, and when they do, they go like this. And what they're supposed to yell is falling. And the group is supposed to say, fall away. Because if they fall too soon, without the group saying, fall away, you can crash to the ground. It's, and, then, and then the group will yell out, next! Uh-huh. And then what happens is knees begin to buckle and, and people don't fall like they should or, or have the trust they do. You know what? An able faith turns to Jesus and says, falling! And your heavenly father says, fall away fall away. I've been waiting for you to stop trying to do this on your own. I've been waiting for you to stop fixing this on your own. Fall away. I have learned from this first channel that an able faith is rewarded because a reliant faith is rewarded faith by Jesus. There's a second channel and it's the woman. What's her view of Jesus? Is it distorted? Well, let's jump in and check it out. How will this begin? Uh, Don't be surprised to find out with a crowd. Mark says, and a great crowd followed and thronged about him. We find out in another account in Luke. Luke says, and Jesus was on his way and the crowds almost, listen to this, crushed him. So Jesus, I want you to picture this. It's almost like, okay, we're coming. Jarius, I'm coming with you. Come on, come on, my daughter. Come on, my daughter. Okay, we're coming. Whoa, whoa, okay, hey, hey, good, see ya. Okay, I mean, this is what Jesus' life was like. And he's moving through the crowds. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood. That's interesting. For 12 years. So I have a father who has a 12-year-old daughter. Who knows how long she's been struggling, but she's at the point of death. And now I have a woman who has some sort of internal hemorrhage, whether it's a disease or a tumor, that's bleeding. 
Mark goes into greater detail about this. It seems like this woman had tried everything. He says, and after who she had, excuse me, and who had suffered much at the hand of many physicians, she had seen multiple doctors and she's been suffering because of that. She's tried almost everything she can. And she spent all that she had. She's running out of money. Do you know anybody in this situation? They keep seeing doctors, they keep seeing doctors, they keep spending money, but we can't find answers. We can't find answers. But look, it's even worse. Mark says, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. Luke described it as incurable. And being a doctor, I'll listen to Luke. He was a doctor. He said it was uncurable. And what was even worse, guys, is that being in this Jewish culture, if she had this going on, she would be deemed ceremonially unclean. And so the crowds, if they would have seen her, would have been like, unclean, unclean, unclean. We can associate with that better now, this year. Get And so it's incredibly risky for her to come out. Incredibly risky. Don't miss this. It's incredibly relentless for her to even think about what she's gonna do. You go, come on, Chris, I'm ready. What's she gonna do? What's she gonna do? She had heard reports. She had heard reports. It's interesting. Um, we have our Revivals Outreach Center. We've been giving out thousands of free meals. We've been seeing our people serve people. We've been seeing salvations in the counseling center, but we've also seen how beat up Bucks County is. The mental health crisis Children struggling with anxiety at crazy levels, okay? We have seen marriages falling apart at reckless rates. Fighting with one another over their opinions on the last year have caused so much heartbreak. But it's amazing at revivals. We can't fix anybody. Jesus is the fixer. But one of the things we can do is offer hope. And you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised how much people can operate on just an itty bit of hope. They don't necessarily need a ton of hope. They just need an itty bitty, hey, we're gonna have somebody meet with you next Tuesday. Oh, okay, great. Just an itty bitty hope. This is what she had, because she had heard reports about some Jesus, and she came up, she came up, what are you doing? She came up behind him in the crowd. It's the first illustration, teenagers, of somebody creeping in scripture. So, so she comes up, all right, and, and she comes up behind him. What are you doing? She goes, if I just touch his garments, if I just, <clears throat> if I just touch his garments, I will be made well. You can't find, that's not in Leviticus, Numbers, Psalms. If you touch Jesus' garments, you'll be made. She has put this in her mind. If I just touch him, and she did. She came up behind him because she's not so sure how he'll react. And she reached up, and scripture says she touched his garments, She had an us faith. What's an us faith? The woman's Jesus, she had a marvelous Jesus. Oh, I've heard about this Jesus, he's great. I hear churches get together and celebrate him at Easter, he's great. She had a miraculous Jesus. Oh, he can do miraculous things. Yeah, I heard he could heal. Many people have an us Jesus. But she also had a mysterious Jesus. She didn't know him that well. She didn't even know how he reacted. So she snuck up behind him. And what happened? What happened to this us faith? Well, will Jesus, Hebrews eleven six, 6, will he reward like he did the able faith with his presence, the faith that relies, will he reward an us faith, a faith that is borderline reckless in what she's doing? 
Scripture says, and immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. What was that moment like? Oh, what? What? I learned something here. And us faith is rewarded with a renewal. Faith that, that totally, relentlessly pursues God is rewarded with renewal. Oh, he who waits upon the Lord will renew their strength. I'd like to refer to this as a dino faith. What do I mean? I don't know if I got any rock climbers watching today or in the house today. But at that same camp, we did a lot of rock climbing. And being one of the instructors, as much of a joke that is, um, one of the things we did is we worked with the teens to get up these cliffs. And we would work inside first, okay, and we'd work up the rock climbing um, elements. But teaching them grips and different things like that, get them all belayed, get the ropes, we got them all tied up, and they'd start to work their way up. Now, outside, it's always even more scarier because you're working through the cracks and you're going up. But at some point at a, in the middle of the rocker, you get to a spot where you get uncomfortable. And for every person, that's a little bit different. Every once in a while, you'd have like some 14-year-old girl come in and be like, you boys are weak. And she'd come right down. We're like... But for the most part, and sometimes even the biggest, huskiest guys, not the best in rock climbing, their body weight, they get up, they're like, all right, all right. And they get to a spot and they start holding on like really tight. And you're seeing their hands shaking. And you're like, come on, man, reach one more time. <laughs> their friends start calling out, come on, don't be weak. Oh, I gotta go, I gotta go. And they go, no, no, I'm done. And they go, I'm falling back, okay. And they fall back and go down. And it is a lot of fun to go down. But there are some where we really push them. So if you just see the top, if you got to see the top, you keep going, keep going. And they'd be holding on and their fear, just come on, keep going. But I can't, I'm trying, I can't reach that. Just go for it. We got you, go for it. And what that move is called when you go for it and rock climbing, you call that a dino, a dynamite move. It's where you release let go and grab. Sometimes only with one hand, you do these dino moves and, and you're just hanging on by a thread. But you know, if you don't go for it, you're gonna be stopped and you're gonna struggle under the weight of your own body and you're never gonna see the top. You know, I don't know any parents who go to their kids, hey, guys, okay, we love you. We all like you to grow up and be extremely mediocre, okay? All right, now let's run along in your mediocrity. And, and nobody gets on a commercial. When I grow up, I wanna be mediocre, okay? Do you know where we get the phrase mediocre? It has Latin roots. It means middle of the rock. There are times in our life where we get to that point and we're run out of our resources and the only hope we have is to let go. And so often you hear let go and let God as if it's a quit. I wanna change that. It's let go and regrip. God, I'm out of Chris' strength. Here we go. Whew. Bang, I'm in, let's go. And they keep going and they get to see the top. Dino faith. Jesus saw this. He felt this. Dino faith touched. She went for it. She snuck around. She did a dino. She grabbed him. And Jesus, perceiving in himself, scripture says, that, that the power had gone out from him. 
immediately turned about to the crowd. Now, what is it? Oh, man, this is really, we don't have all the accounts of scripture, but this is so interesting to me. Were there times Jesus went going along like, whoa, got some power taken out of me. Somebody must have faith. Because we don't see him, we, people, we don't see this people touching his garments and being, well, this is a special thing. She activated this somehow. And Jesus felt it. And he turns in this great crowd with people smashing all around him, okay? Somebody touching him. Oh, I felt that. Hey, he said, who touched me? Who, who, who touched me? Look what the disciples say. And I gotta believe it's Peter. If you've been with us in our pioneer spheres, you gotta believe it's Peter. Jesus, you see the crowd pressing in around you, and yet you say, who touched me? That'd be like us walking through a crowd. Excuse me, excuse me. Hey, hey, who touched me? What? Everybody's touching you. Certainly no social distancing going on here. And they're all around him. And he looked around to see who had done it. I'm gonna give you another anchor verse. College students, here's one. Second Corinthians 16, nine. I was looking around with my friends. I said, God, I wanna live. I wanna live different. I look at the apostle Paul. I wanna be like him. I don't wanna be the guy in the dorm room next to me. I, I wanna do something big for you, God. What do you got for me? I, I just, I want to have that faith. And I found this awesome verse in 2 Chronicles that said this. Now, now I want you to hear this verse in light of that phrase on the screen. If you're just listening, it, it says, he looked around to see who had done. Here's 2 Chronicles 69, ready? The eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong to those whose hearts are faithful to him. I said, Lord, I want you to look around and spot Chris. That's a goal of mine. I want to have this faith. But I feel scared at times, God. I feel worried at times. I struggle with anxiousness, God. There's nothing great about me, but I'm going to dino towards you, God. I'm going to put all my faith in you, and I'm going to do things that scare me because I don't want to stay in the middle of the rock I want to see what it's like to climb the high hill of God. And Jesus yells, who touched me? And she's probably leaving going, who touched me? Oh boy. What does she do? What does she do? Scripture tells us what she does. She comes back knowing what she had, ha had happened to her. And she came, look, look, in, in fear and trembling. And she fell down. She fell down before him. And she told him the whole thing. Jesus, you don't know. I'm 12 years. I've been struggling. Like, God, you don't even know about the pain in me. Like, God, you don't even know. And, and I was struggling. I just thought if I come out and touch your garments, that's all I did. I just touch your garments. I'd be mad. Wait, well. And, and Jesus is listening to this. What's he going to do? She had a miraculous Jesus, but she had a mysterious Jesus. So she didn't know how he was going to react. How does your Jesus react? Have you ever heard anybody say, well, my Jesus wouldn't do that. You're breaking a commandment. Make no gods before me. It's the God of the Bible, not your Jesus. What would Jesus do in this situation? She's going, God, you don't understand. I'm sorry to touch you. And he says, shh, shh, shh. Look, look. Look what scripture says. Shh, shh. Daughter. Calls her daughter. Daughter. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Who created, who distorted your Jesus into an angry Jesus? Who did it? 
Any of you got a judgmental Jesus? Maybe you had a church leader who was judgmental with you and you turned Jesus into that. That's not Jesus. Any of you got a Jesus that you're afraid to come to? She comes to me, I just, I just touch you, say, hey, 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 girl, hey, hey, daughter. Your faith did that. Your faith enacted that. Go in peace. Calm down. Okay, okay, go in peace. Calm down and be healed of your disease. What an awesome Jesus. Her us faith, a relentless faith. She dinoed toward him. She grabbed hold of him. And what did she find? A Jesus would get off of me. What are you doing? Where have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. He's not that Jesus. It's like, hey, way to go, girl. He rewards it. A relentless faith is rewarded. But there's one last channel. It's not that great a channel. The messengers. Jesus says, go in peace. You gotta think Jerry's is like, okay, that's great, but can we kind of keep moving here? <laughs> My daughter is dying. Um, I'm, I'm really happy for her. That's amazing. I'm glad she's well. Go in peace. Let's go. So, so what's this? While he was still speaking, channel three, while he was still speaking, there came some people from the ruler's house. They're coming from where Jerry's daughter was, the 12-year-old, and, and they have some news. They have some news. Your daughter is... Oh, dead. Nobody wants that phone call. Your daughter's dead. And listen to what they say next. Why, why trouble the teacher any further? You, you tried that whole faith thing. You did a good job, but Jesus is late. Not a surprise, maybe. Why trouble him any further? He's got other things to do. Maybe some more people to touch. You see, these messengers have what I would call Impala faith. Now, I'm not talking about Chevy Impala's car, people. Do you know what the African Impala is? It's a deer-like animal with horns, right? Do you know these things can jump over 10 feet high? Over 10 feet high they can jump. And they can expand and expanse in that leap over 30 feet. That's almost the length of the stage. The African Impala has amazing athleticism, speed, and agility to be able to run and jump and last that far. I mean, that's incredible, right? So why are you speaking of it in a negative light, Chris? Did you know that the African Impala can be put in a zoo and enclosed in an enclosure with only a three-foot-high wall, and they'll stay in there. <laughs> they'll stay in there. You say, why? Here's what's interesting about the African Impala, as I was reading about this. They will not jump unless they can see where their feet land. How many of us, our faith will not leap unless I can see where it's going to land? That's not the faith that sees mighty things of God. Folks, I want to encourage you, especially younger people here entering into your life. You will find almost everything you really want is on the other side of fear. And oftentimes, the devil, he'll put up just little three-foot walls. But if he can get enough voices around you to say, you're not able to do that, you won't go. 
and you'll stay in the middle of the rock. Jesus hears this lack of faith. He overhears it, scripture says. But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of synagogue, he's got a message, and he doesn't have a message for all these people who go, Jesus, he's he's done, it's over, he's too late. He's got a message for Jairus. He points to Jairus, if you will, and he says, do not fear, only believe. Who needs to hear that this morning? I don't know what you're going through. But hear the voice of Jesus. Do not fear, only believe. Now remember something. You can't rely on something you don't trust and you can't dino towards something you don't trust. Your faith will only be as strong as the object you place it in. And Jesus will stare all your fears down. He'll interrupt, if you will, and say, don't fear, only believe. Believe in myself? No. Believe in me and what I can do through you. Do you feel all alone? Fall away, faith. Do you feel all alone? Dino towards me. Stop holding on. Release your grip. Surrender the battle to me. And Jesus has got no time. Towards the end of his ministry, he's got no time for this lack of faith. He says, don't fear, only believe. Come on, Jairus, and watch this. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, John, the brother of James. He said, come on, we're going. Now, now he's kind of revved up. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and Jesus comes in and he sees a commotion. People are weeping and wailing loudly. They used to hire professional weepers in the Jewish culture. Oh, no, they'd be crying. He comes in. Oh. And, and, he, and he says something to him. Look what he says. He goes, why are you making a commotion and weeping? Wait, wait, are you insensitive, Jesus? I mean, the girl is dead. But see, it's amazing with Jesus. It's like death has no sting with him. It's interesting. It's like it doesn't really phase him, this whole death thing that we, we're, we worry sick about. It doesn't really phase him. He, he says, what are you making all this crying sound for? The child's not dead, but sleeping. And, and, and wait till you see the messenger's reactions. Look at this, look what, 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 what they did. They laughed at him. You ever run around in pal of faith that laughs at Jesus and what he can do? Will Jesus reward that? Will Jesus reward that kind of reaction? See, the messengers TV, they watched a Jesus of a diss. He was disappointing, he is distant, and he is disillusioned. He thinks he can actually change me or change a person from death to life. And you know what Jesus does with that kind of faith? Do you think he'll reward it? This is his response. He put him outside. The eyes of the Lord look to and fro, seeking to show himself strong to those who have faith in him, not those who laugh at him. They'll never see big things. Not those who who think he's too late, can't do it, I might as well give up. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro looking for people who come running to him and fall flat on him and say, God, I'm falling. And he says, fall away. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro seeking to show himself strong to the life that comes falling up before him and confesses everything they've done completely vulnerable before him saying, you were my only hope. I had to relentlessly pursue you. And he said, 
your faith has made you well. But for those who think Jesus has to be defined, Jesus has to arrive on their schedule, Jesus has to do what they want or otherwise he's a joke and laugh at him, he puts them outside. Who's your Jesus? At some point in your life, you get one go here on earth, one go, one go. And if scripture's correct, unless you make a decision for Jesus Christ that is a clear decision based on the finished work of the cross, hell awaits. And if scripture's correct, if you ask Jesus to be your personal savior, heaven awaits. And you get one go to decide what that will be. Jesus has given us resurrection stories so that he's not distorted and people will distort him. You say, is he an able? I wanna have able faith. I wanna have us faith. I don't wanna have this faith. But see, I believe Jesus gives us these resurrection stories far more for that reason. I think he wants to show us another prefix. And he puts that tape and he says, I am the re. I am the re. I am the only one who can restore. I am the only one who can redeem. I am the only one who can renew. Nobody else can restore your family situation except me. No one else can redeem or pay for your life and the sin that you committed except for me. Nobody else can regenerate you. Nobody else can renew your mind except me. I am the re. And he doubled down on that in John chapter 11. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me, even though they die, will live. You don't get any reunions with your loved ones if it isn't for the re, the resurrection. You don't even get to look that word up in the Webster's Dictionary if Jesus didn't exist. He is the resurrection. And what that says, if he's the re, that means this, and I love this. It means just because we can't rewind and go back and get to where and fix where we got to here today, we can't change how it started, but we can lean into him that he can restore it and change how it ends. Wouldn't you love to walk out of here with a fresh perspective of Jesus? that can restore, rebuild, renew, regrow a life. That's that resurrection power. And resurrection power stormed into that bedroom and said, Talitha kumai. Here's the text. He put them all outside and he took mom and dad. He said, come on. And those who were with them and he went in where the child was and he took her by the hand and he said, Talitha kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking for she was 12 years of age and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And Jesus told mom and dad, give her some food. He wanted her to, them to see her eat. Resurrection power. And that same resurrection power in Jesus that was there yesterday is the same resurrection power of today and the same resurrection power of tomorrow. Why? Because he is the re. And he's calling you to rely on him. Put that reliance tape in and fall away faith. Faith is not gonna make it easy this year, but it will make it possible. Reliance is rewarded. Take that tape and put in, put in that dino faith. 
Faith will not make us comfortable this year, but it will make us courageous. Relentlessness is rewarded. We want to help you grow in your faith as a church. And in the second part of our Acts series this spring, we're going to be looking at sojourners, the life of Paul. And we pray we can help you continue to grow that faith in the Jesus that has resurrection power. And he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Where are you being asked to fall away? Where are you being asked to take a leap? Heavenly Father, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to save us from our sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all alone. But while we were yet sinners, Christ, you died for us. You paid the price, you shed the blood, and as hell celebrated on Friday, as the crowds crowned and crucify him on Friday, all of heaven just started counting to three. And on Sunday, you did what you said you would do. You are the resurrection, and you're still resurrecting lives of those who call upon your name. Jesus, I pray even today, someone would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Falling down before him, saying, Jesus, I'm tired of doing these years on my own. And I believe he can restore a lot of wasted years that the locusts have eaten up and refresh and renew a life moving forward this Easter Sunday. Oh, praise the name of Jesus his matchless name. We finish, Lord, and worship you. Amen.